and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about business. We get to talk about sports. We get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you are, however you're listening, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, five stars, blah, blah, blah. Today, incredible guest. I have Brandon Copeland, Professor Cope, as it says. I love that. Ivy League professor, financial education consultant, philanthropist, real estate developer, and oh yeah, Atlanta Falcons linebacker. Brandon, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. As you mentioned, Professor Cope, I should have misspelled it. You know, that's what that's I gotta change the trends of professors. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to disrupt the space a little bit. But no, I, I appreciate you having me on. Excited to be here and uh excited to have a great conversation, Mike. Brother, the pleasure is all mine, and I cannot wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it was first it, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast, I think it's a pretty easy one. It's right in the name. Why do you love sports so much? Oh, uh, well, sports have always been just an outlet for me personally, right? I think it's uh, sports give you the opportunity to do things. And, and, I mean, when you talk about football in particular, right, I'll talk about my sport. It just gives you – uh, an opportunity to do some things that you would not get the chance to do as just a normal individual walking around. And I'm talking about like football, for example, was the only sport. Well, it's not the only sport, but one of the few sports in the world where you can hit somebody and potentially knock them out and everybody cheers for you, right? Like people get excited for you. People are, are you know, applauding you and all of that stuff. And clearly that's not, you know, if you go do that in, in just the, the in walking the, the, the streets of New York City, you're, you're behind bars, right? So um, for me, that was always a beautiful thing about sports and football in particular. Um, and then now, I mean, as a as a, a older man <laughs> or, or, or a, a guy that's growing up right like I think you you appreciate the things that the athletic culture or the locker room allows you to do that you can't do otherwise right like I used to always think you know it's funny coming into the NFL I was like some of the stuff I wear might be weird or if the average person wore people would be like you know that's weird but like because I'm an athlete, I can get away with it, right? Or I can wear sweatpants every single day this week if I wanted to. And because I'm an athlete, it's okay, right? So I think that some of those things, like I'm not ready to be done with my athletic career. And I know that you can obviously wear sweats every day if you want to, but you, you get my point. It's like, it's, it just gave me a, a free pass to just completely do what I want to a certain extent. So um, that's why I love sports. I mean, it, it's so important, right, to understand, like, the. I think you put it perfect. You, you can do things on a football field that are highly illegal everywhere else in, in the world, <laughs> right? You can't exactly. really do that kind of thing. You can't go chuck stick someone on the side on the sidewalk in New York City. But as you said, you do it on the field. People love it, man. Shout yeah. your name, shout your number. It doesn't get any better than that. And there, there is, and, and that's obviously like the, not quite facetious, but that, that's the joking version of it. But as a football player, you're obviously, there's that shield. There's that team. There are people that pay a lot of money and they come, they watch you, they watch Matt Ryan, they watch your team every weekend and they live and die. And believe me, so I'm a New York Giants fan. I've been dying <laughs> these last few years, but I watch every <laughs> single game. I was at, my dad's a Chargers fan. So I was watching the game with him last night and he's cheering. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like I could have yeah. just stayed at my apartment. I didn't have to come home today, but there's that, there's that mentality specifically around football that I think that there is that you get so many more opportunities, but and, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. The career can be so short lived. 
Now, yes. you worked very hard. You're, you're, you've gone on multiple teams. You played for nine years, if I'm not mistaken. So clearly, you've been able to do that. And also, don't call yourself old. I think we both turned 30 this year. So the, the professor stigma, <laughs> let's do that 30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. I think that's important. Um, so I do want to talk about, right? So you, you, you got into football, but you're coming from a very unique spot where you played at the University of Pennsylvania. And just mm-hmm. to make sure people understand, that is not Penn State University. That is not one of the <laughs> most known football schools across America, let's call it. Let's call it. You went to the Ivy League school based in Philadelphia, which I went to. It's absolutely beautiful there. What what was it about this school? And and I guess going into it, how do you weigh the I want to play football, you know, as long as I possibly can versus I want to get the best degree. I want to get the best education because my football life might be short, but my life life is hopefully going to be very long. Yeah, no, it's one hell of a question. So my my senior year cop. Ooh, senior high school, excuse me. Uh, I was captain of the team, one of the five captains on the team. And uh, third to last game, I wanted to play big time football. I really wanted to go to Syracuse, actually. Um, the entire coaching staff got fired uh, <laughs> that was trying to recruit me. But uh, long story short, you know, really wanted to play big time football. And I had Ivy League schools looking at me, Princeton and Penn in particular. And the third to last game of my senior year of high school, Somebody goes down on kickoff return. Coach is like, hey, Coach, would you get in there? We need you in the wedge. I didn't have to play special teams because I was a pretty good player at the time. And at a high school level, you know, good players play special teams in the league. But at high school level, you don't you don't touch that. Uh, so for me, yeah, Coach, I'm the captain. I got your back. Let me do it. And I went out there and literally it was my first time playing kickoff return since seventh grade. And one of my own teammates falls on my ankle, falls on the back of my leg. My ankle pops and I'm just limping around the rest of the season. And fortunately, I was able to keep playing. Right. It wasn't clearly wasn't season ending or career ending, but it just wasn't the same. I didn't feel like the same player. And I was just limping around the rest of the season. And I realized that quickly that with all those mentors and parents and grandparents in your life are saying, hey, you're one play away from this thing being over. I was like, like, you're, you're right. Like, I didn't have to be out here on this play. And my own teammate almost ruined <laughs> my career, right? So for me, that's what made me say, hey, I'm going to go and I have an opportunity to go to a school like Penn. I'm going to go go there. I know I can have my brain for the rest of my life. And, and if I can make football work, that'll be gravy, so to speak. And and uh, I'm, I'm also blessed because I have a grandfather. Um, fortunately, he passed away in 2019, but he played 11 years in the NFL. His last year was actually with the Atlanta Falcons. So I get to, you know, see his name on the, the list of players that have played with the Falcons every single day I'm at the facility. Um, but one of the things he always said in high school was like, listen, Cope, if you're good enough, they'll find you. So you'll be a, a big fish in a small pond, um, but there's nothing wrong with that. And and if you go and do the work that you can do, and I, he, he always said, I'd never lie to you, Coach, because lying to you would be like lying to myself, but I think you can play in the NFL. You just got to keep working hard. You got to stay away from certain things that detract a lot of players. And if you do that, then you can make it. So I, I took his advice and, and went. And uh, obviously, you know, for me, I, I like who I am today. So it's paid off tremendously for me. It seems like it's working out for you, man. You're doing something <laughs> right. So whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. Um, and and the, the, the universe works in weird ways, right? Your, your grandfather plays for the Falcons. You get to the opportunity to play for the Falcons. You earn the opportunity to play for the Falcons. I think that's pretty important. And then so with that specifically, I guess what 
what were your expectations for yourself, right? Like, of course, I want to play in the league. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. But was there a time where it was like, hey, you know, if I don't, you know, that's cool. You were an undrafted free agent. So I know like that pool is very big. What is it? One, 252 is, you know, there's 252 yeah. players drafted. And then after that, there's a big pool of undrafted. But what were those expectations you had on yourself just to crack training camp one year to play 10 years in the league as you're doing now? How how did you kind of see yourself moving into it? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was a day by day thing. Um, and I think that's one thing that's truly paid off for me. Um, again, being fortunate enough to have a grandfather who played in the NFL and it was a totally different time, totally different time. Right. <laughs> Especially from a player protection and safety standard, but um, and a money standard as well. But, you know, I, I remember the night I got the call from the Baltimore Ravens saying, hey, we're going to sign you as an undrafted player. Um, undrafted free agent. Technically, I was signed to a three-year, $1.45 million deal. And I was upset personally because they didn't draft me, right? Um, I've just always been fortunate to be that type of guy who is like, uh, I, I'm not happy with the moment or happy to be there, right? Like I have dreams and, and a bucket list for myself that I personally want to check off before I leave this earth. So, um, I remember, you know, we had a party that night <laughs> and everything like that. And for me, I was pissed off, to be quite honest with you, that they passed up on drafting me and they got me undrafted. But I understood that the work just be had just begun. Right. And I think that that's the difference with me versus a lot of other people is they think that, you know, they're, they're happy to be there. And it's it's easy to to get low to sleep. And think, hey, I made it. Like, this is my lifelong dream. But you don't realize that, like, this is a you're on a 90 man roster and they got to cut down to 53. Right. Like, You got to beat out a lot of people. So um, for me, I've literally taken it one day, one week at a time. And even to this day, uh, it's literally uh, like Tuesday at four Eastern is when your money is guaranteed for the week. I still send my family a message Tuesday at 4 1 p.m. Eastern, nine years into the NFL, uh, when I know that I've made my money for the week. You know, like, so again, every single week, I'm just trying to earn the next week, earn the next week, earn the next week. And then I've been also fortunate to be around a lot of great players and great mentors who literally talked about don't go shooting for 10 years, shoot to, to have the greatest year you can this year, and then go shoot for next, like, go for the, I just want to earn the next year. And then earn the next year. And then after a while, you look up and you're like, well, dang, I got seven, eight years in this thing. Right. Um, a lot of guys, I think, come in and they're like, I want to get 10 years. And you just have no idea the different amount of obstacles you're going to face over your career that will easily, I won't say potentially easily deter you from reaching, you know, over five years, over one year in the league. And, and you know, you got drugs, you got uh, family members, you got uh, outside distractions, significant others and things like that, right? You got so many different things in this in, in this day and age that can detract you. Injuries, right? Like mm -hmm. some things that are out of your control. So for me, again, I literally take it a day at a time and just try to make myself the best player I can be today. Can I feel better today than I felt yesterday. And another thing, I mean, this is for the love of sports, so we're kind of going pretty deep in here, is, you know, for me, I, I look at football as, you know, everybody starts the, the season at 100%, but 
But the biggest thing that you have to do as an NFL player is, can I feel better than the player across from me on Sunday? Like we're all banged up right now. Like this game we just played this Sunday, I literally told my teammates, like, I don't feel like playing today. <laughs> like I literally, I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people out there. You're living a dream. Like my knee hurts, my back hurts. I'm stiff. Same way you wake up in the morning. It's like, ah, I don't really feel like doing anything today. I really don't feel like running around as fast as I can and running into other people today. Right. But as you get older or more mature and learn about yourself more, you have to find ways to mentally tap into that beast, that animal, that that person um, that has that hunger that makes you want to go out there and just, you know, go crazy. So for me, I've learned that from when I start just talking and having fun and talking trash and all of that type of stuff, that's what keeps me locked in. So that's just some of the things I picked up along along my career. But I, hopefully I like the listeners don't go into their they workplaces start talking trash to their boss. I was gonna say, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm gonna let you keep talking trash and I'm gonna keep just asking questions over here on this side. You got anything nice to say? If you have any tips or pointers for me, when you know, I'm actually doing really terrible in fantasy football this year, so I really can't say too much to anybody. But maybe next year gotcha. uh, we can turn things around a little bit. And and so you, you talk about mentality and I want I wanna bring it back to something that you were saying a little earlier about, you know, you have that list. You have these this bucket list, these things that you want to check off. And I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm 99% sure getting drafted was on that list. Yeah. Now that can only happen once and it didn't. So that yeah. mentality has to kick in. And I'm sure that made you work stronger, made you, made you work smarter, harder, better, stronger. Right. I think that's the quote, but <laughs> with, with something like that, something that's out of your control, you know, you're 21, 22 years old, you, you can never check that box off. That box will right. be unchecked for the rest of your life. Now, did you play 10 years in the league? Yes, that's a cool box you can check off that's a little bit more important. But at that time, how do you kind of handle that internally? As you said, you were pissed, but how do you? How did you finally learn that you can only control what you can control? Because you can't control someone else drafting you. You can only control what you do after and how you react to that situation. Yeah, no, it's uh, a lesson that I learned my rookie year is it was during training camp and one of the veteran players who actually we were in competition for the same spot. Um, long story short, you know, he, I remember it was like 9 PM at night. We're just getting out of the facility and, you know, he was actually, he pulled me to the side and he really didn't have to. And he was just like, listen, Cope, like I want to let you know you, in this league, you can't stress what you can't control. Like, you can't control what the GM thinks of you, what the coaches think of you, right? All you can control is your preparation, your training, and then your performance for the most part, right? You can't control whether the offense runs to you and you get 10 tackles because they run to you versus them running away or them passing the quick passes versus deep pass. You can't control that stuff, but the things you can control, you better make sure you're ready for the, for those opportunities. And so I think that, uh, while I didn't have that lesson when I wasn't drafted, right, but I had that lesson a few months later, it really has sunk in with me, not only with my football career, but also my life, right, like money, right? Capital One and I, we've talked about that before in our mind over money study is like we don't, there's certain things we have in our wheelhouse and our power. You will go crazy trying to control things that you have no control over. It's like me trying to, convince you michael to like me 
You know what I'm saying? Or me trying to convince my neighbor to think I'm funny, right? Like why? I mean, I understand that we're all human beings and we want to be loved and appreciated, but why would I waste my time trying to change the past or change someone else's perception of me when really I just need to focus on being the best version of myself today and let the chips fall where they may. And again, I know it, it sounds easier said than done to some people, right? And it is in, in the moments it's hard to, it, it, you get frustrated, you get angry, right? You want things to change. Um, but ultimately, when you take a step backwards and realize, all right, I can shut down and, hey, I didn't get this thing on my bucket list so I can curl up in, in, in a ball and, and cry about it or I can go prove everybody wrong. That's how I typically use those things. It's just I got to add fuel to the fire and that's what keeps me going, you know. And I think it's important to understand you have to have the awareness to know what you can control, right? There are certain things that we think yeah. we can control when in reality, they're they're not within our control at all. We just think we can influence this decision to be made one way or another when that's not the case at all. So understanding that, and, and as you said, hey man, maybe they're not, their offense isn't running towards me today, but when it does, I'm going to do my best because that's going to show up on film. It's not, everybody yeah. knows, hey, if the offense didn't run to you, you know, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're good. Everything else, everything's going to show up on film, right? That's yeah. important. Yeah. And I, I also, you know, you bring up a great point, Mike, is like I did a TED Talk uh, this spring and the, the topic was a lesson I learned from my grandfather. And it was like, it, long story short, one of the things he always said was it, it's a poor rat that only has one hole. And I'm like, you know, I remember being a kid, we would drive to school. That's what the TED talks about. We would drive to school and there'd be a lot of traffic on one route. And he'd be like, ah, oh, Cope, like if we stayed on this route, we would be late for school. Like, it's, it's, remember this, Cope, in life, it's, it's a poor rat that only has one hole. And then he'd just start driving, whipping his car around and you'd be, you know, clenching your seatbelt a little bit. But ultimately, we'd always pull up to the school on time, never late and all that stuff. And he was always just like, if you have one way to reach your end destination, you're going to be stuck when they close up that one hole, like you got to find a way to reach that end destination. So just because that one thing wasn't checked on my bucket list, I ultimately have an end destination and end goals that I'm trying to chase. And for me personally, there's no excuse not to reach that end destination just because one door closes, right? Or one thing isn't checked off on the bucket list. Again, we can't curl up and just call it quits on life. In my opinion, we got to go, we got to reach the destination by any means. So um, that's just the mindset that, that, I have. Yeah. And that's helped me get, get to this point today. And I think that's, it's very important for people to understand for athletes, entrepreneurs, business people of all shapes and sizes, right? You have to understand that, you know, Hey, if you work for a corporation, I don't know if you've paid attention to, you know, the world, the last 15 years, some stuff has gone down with corporations, some mm -hmm. industries rise, some industries fall, things like that happen. So you have to understand you can't tie yourself to one specific hole, as you like to put it, which I think is a great analogy or one specific path because the destination, right? Like, it's about the journey, not the destination, blah, blah, blah. But we're all trying to get to the destination in the end. And if you only have one way to get there by land, by sea, by plane, figure out how to go another way just in case. It's good right, to have a, right. you know, maybe not a plan B, but an, another option to make sure you can still get to your plan A. Exactly. And then I, I think, and I love this conversation, so I keep diving into it. But uh, I think that it's like I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And I think that it's funny sometimes when people get negative stuff and they don't believe that that's happening for a reason as well. Right. And I, I truly believe that, like, if I wasn't undrafted 
or if I made it right out of the league, I was an active player. I wasn't on practice squad in Baltimore, then cut after four weeks, then went to Tennessee Titans, then cut again, and you know, then sat out second year after two weeks on t- Tennessee Titans roster. Right, like I don't think I'd be here in year nine because maybe my head would, my ego would be ridiculous. Right, like maybe I wouldn't have made it this far. I wouldn't like like it's funny because now I'm a nine year vet and there's times I'll go into the facility. We always live within five minutes of the facility because I always want to be close. I'll go into the facility at nine, 10, 11 PM at night and I'll be on the bike. And you know, recently I've been on the bike in the sauna and just working and just keeping my joints loose and going. And guys will see me sometimes I was in it today after we lifted and guys will see me like, Oh, what are you doing? Crazy. And I was like, like the, the, Peyton Manning talked years ago about the year he sat out because of his neck. And he talked about how he came back with a much uh, deeper appreciation for the little details of the locker room, the cold tubs, the process, so to speak. I gained that appreciation by being the undrafted guy out of the University of Pennsylvania, right, who who uh, was told he wasn't good enough. Right. And fired multiple times. I remember my key code wouldn't work to get in the door. So now I get in the door and I get all this free stuff, this big cold tub, this free food, right? Like I'm taking the, I'm taking full advantage of it. And I think that that's another thing that we as people discount sometimes, right? Like if I would have made it right out of pen, I probably wouldn't be sitting up there at 11 PM at night. You know, like I'd be, (laughs) I think it was easy. Right. But I understand that for me personally to stay in the NFL, my process is everything and it takes time to do it. Um, So, again, I just think that that everything happens for a reason. You know, even when things are checked off on your bucket list, that might be fuel that you need to reach and unlock that next level of your potential. And so you brought up Capital One, and we're going to talk about your partnership with Capital One because you guys are doing some incredible mm-hmm. stuff. You're a professor at the University of Penn, your alma mater, as we were talking about. And clearly, that to me, that says that you want to share your wisdom. You want to share your knowledge, your experiences with people because you're coming from a different background. You're coming from a different place. And hey, if, if my story can change one person's life or, or one person's day and help them in any way, shape, or form, I, that's important, right? You know, mm-hmm. I want to change the world, but let's do it one person at a time. That's the way we're actually mm-hmm. going to do it. So I'm kind of curious from the NFL perspective, right? You have guys coming in the building, first round draft pick. You don't get you don't get cut after you're, unless you're like just a piece of junk. You're not getting yeah, cut that, those it, first. Oh, oh, we've all seen it. Seen we don't it need to get into it. We don't need to get into it. Though, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like we don't like how how are you looking at those young guys coming in the building? You know, those first second round draft picks, the ones that you know nothing's a guarantee, but essentially guaranteed a spot for that year. You're seeing those undrafted guys come in. How do you kind of take it upon yourself to like either reach out and at least offer some experience some wisdom or, or reach out and say, hey, if you need anything, this is what I'm doing. Maybe it doesn't work for you. How do you have those conversations? Again, kind of juxtaposing it with you're literally teaching college kids now. Like that's yeah. kind of what you're doing. So I'm kind of curious, how do you then take that and use that experience in the NFL? Yeah, no, I think it's just providing a, a, a resource and a sounding board, right? Like for me, I, I don't push what I do on people, right? I don't push my beliefs on people. I'm just here to help. Um, I want people to, I think when I came into the NFL, for example, a couple of weeks ago, we, we hosted a venture investment call. I invest in companies before they go public. Um, and, and, you know, I remember I learned about that my fifth year in the NFL and I learned about it on my own and had to have calls with people on my own while there were guys in my locker room who were doing it. 
and doing it well, right? And I just, for me, I'm like, people shouldn't have to learn about these things on their own, right? Like I'm having this call, for example, with this company. If you want to join, there's no pressure at all. Join and listen, learn the language, learn the lingo. That's half the battle right there, right? Like a lot of us, we hear these things and it seems like rocket science at first, but no one's ever invited us into this space. So for me, I look at my job as just, even with my college students, like they, they understand that I don't claim expert status. I'm just sharing as I go and I'm inviting you into the space so that you can take from it and you can go and, and take it wherever you want it to go and wherever you want it to build you. So there are guys who come up and they want to talk, right? And they want to have conversations. They want to help talk, help me. They want me to help them vet their team and all of those things help with investment opportunities and, and all that type of stuff. And again, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity because a lot of, there's some guys who would shy away from it, but for me, uh, it's legacy personally, because if we, we think about, it, especially when we talk about money, right? Like the reason why I've, I've chosen to try to make an impact with money is because it doesn't just help the individual you're talking to or the individual student that I'm talking to, right? Like the goal is for this to have a ripple effect and a trickle down effect to your family, your community, right? Like if you as an NFL player feel more confident in your money or if my college student feels more confident in her money, for example, I said her, we have a young student. We had a student named Raquel. Um, She graduated and she sent us a note of how she paid down $140,000 in student loan debt in two years. She made it her priority. She literally concludes us on this because she said that this is the information and the knowledge. And the only reasons why she attacked attacked it so aggressively was because of our class that she took in her final semester of her senior year, right? That in my opinion, is potentially life-changing. Because now, like I told her, now you keep the same aggression up, the same energy up, and now you're paying yourself first, right? Instead of putting that money aside for debt and paying off loans, now you're investing, right? And, and you know, that's not going to just trickle down to, to her as an individual, but the family that she has one day, right? Her children will reap the benefits of mama being debt-free, you know? And I think that that's... Uh, that to me is legacy. That's the coolest thing in the world because, you know, nobody can tell you how many tackles I had. I can't even tell you how many tackles I had three weeks ago against. I don't even know who we played three weeks ago. Right. But, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the people that we help in that manner and the people that were helping with Capital One in that manner. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that those people will remember what we did for them. Yeah. And even if they don't, who cares? You still like exactly. like that's that's also kind of the cool part, right? Like she's gonna go share her story with someone who's gonna share her story with someone else, and it's gonna be so far removed from you and what you did. It's not, it's never gonna come back to you. But that's still like that's true legacy. Like exactly. it doesn't matter that they knew, you know, Atlanta Falcons linebacker Brandon Copeland <laughs> helped me with it. They knew, hey, you know, like this eventually got to this person. Now, however, the water got down to the seed is the important part and that it actually grew right and you're, you're planting all these seeds a good friend of mine david Meltzer, always says that plant as many seeds as you can sometimes you know the the the, the tree's going to grow and it's going to shade somebody that you never thought of or could ever imagine 
but it doesn't matter. That's the coolest yeah. thing in the world is you have the opportunity to help that person that way. So I have always David liked Nelson, the way. Messler right there, man. Good I friend talked of mine. to him a couple of weeks ago, man. Yeah. That's a good dude right there. What yeah. a rock star right there, man. He's he's incredible. I've known him for a few years. He's been a huge help in uh, pretty much everything that I've done uh, in the awesome, last, let's man. call it, three years. So he's a he's a big help. Uh, awesome. Incredible. You know, shout out shout out to Small Dave. He's a good world. friend of mine. Don't get to see him as much with the pandemic kind of going on anymore. Yeah. But hey, it is what so. it is. I rock with him when I can. That's the important part. Um, so I do I do want to you know specifically again shout out Capital One appreciate them for you know having you come on here but more importantly again helping you build that legacy so I'm kind of curious uh, what what came first was it Capital One saying hey we think you'd be really great at teaching a class you going to UPenn and saying hey guys I'd like to keep teach this class them coming to you saying you did pretty good being a student here you want to be a teacher like how did this whole opportunity come about and and really yeah. again how did that plant had that seed get planted yeah so I'm a go-getter, Michael. I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there, Seems man. Seems like I, it. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> nah, I, uh, so I, originally, I reached out to the University of Pennsylvania to teach the course. Well, not to teach the course, to create the course. I didn't okay. necessarily understand if I wanted to teach it or not, right? I just knew that there was a value in teaching students about the constants of life. That's why we call it Life 101, you know? Um, they were like, we need some nice educational long name that we can put in here financial empowerment and you know it's life 101 this Brand is life right yeah. yeah how to buy a house let's talk about that let's talk about your credit let's talk about investing things we really don't have to do right and and as we started with the course and um you know we're having success with the course right students coming in and students reaching back with feedback we were able to get in touch with capital one about the things that they were trying to do with educating people throughout the, the world, really, you know? So um, for us, we've been fortunate because what we've tried to do is, is align ourselves with folks like Capital One who are truly, truly about helping people, right? Like, so when you look at, like, I, one of the things we look at is like, you know, how many things are you offering? How much, how many services are you offering to potential clients that aren't even paying you a dollar yet? How much, value are you providing them in you know may as a business we're all businesses right in yeah. the hopes that maybe eventually you'll they'll provide a dollar but like how much are you willing to offer for free because i did the course i taught the class at penn for free as an nfl player right like my time is pretty valuable your time is valuable all of our time is valuable but the first year i taught the class for free um and capital one they literally educate people for free. You can go into any one of their cafes in the country and get free coaching on your money, free financial advice and coaching and guidance on your money so that you can feel more comfortable about your money for free, whether you're a client of theirs or not. And so there alone, right, that was like huge to me. It's just the fact that because you don't see that a lot. And I'm really, you know, especially in with everything that's gone on social justice wise in this country, for the past, not not just the past couple of years, it's been highlighted the past couple of years as a result of the pandemic and everyone sitting at home in front of their computers and, and TV screens. But but I'm a huge believer in being as conscious as possible when you're spending your dollars, right? For me, I want to spend my dollars with the, the companies and the brands that actually care about me, right? And so there's not too many that are providing free services to people who don't even spend a dollar with them. And I think that that alone was like a great marriage right there. It's education, right? Um, so so that alone was awesome. And then again, we've just continued to build since then 
found ways to talk to HBCU students, get indoors. And, and really my goal when, when we started teaching the course was to democratize the access to information. So I've been literally quoted the first year we started having the course of like, hey, if the course is just at Penn five years from now, I have royally failed <laughs> because it shouldn't just be at Ivy League school. The reason why I did it at Penn at first was not just because I was, it's my alma mater. It's more because if a school like Penn says that, hey, this is important, why is your school not saying it's important? Yep. You know That's what I'm saying? Like, yep. And so we've recently, we've shot the courses online. Uh, we are literally, there are literally high school students who are taking my course for credit now online, which is awesome. So the plan is coming. The vision is, is you know, continuing to evolve. But again, it all starts with that root of education. So we're educating people on their money. Capital One and I were educating people on credit, Saver One student cards and Quicksilver student cards, right? Trying to get people to build uh, their credit profile and their credit history so that eventually they can afford the things that they worked their entire lives for, right? You know, I got this shirt on here that says successful. And I know some people are looking at it like, why did he spell it wrong? Right. But, you know, we're, we've been working on a, a new podcast uh, called Coping with Success. We'd love to have you on one day. Right. And, and it's really just challenging the idea and the thought of what success is. Right. And for me, I really just want to be full. And what does that look like? Is that, that For me, that might be relationships with my family members, might be relationships with the community. For you, it might be something totally different. So, um, you know, when I grew up, it was all about money. You know, that was what drove me. But as I've made some money, I realized that, like, I'm just a hamster on a hamster wheel. That's all that I'm chasing is, <laughs> is that net worth number. So, again, we really want to educate people on the, the full spectrum of their relationship with money. And that is why my marriage with Capital One has been going so great. And I hope they don't dump me. Uh, well, if it's going that. great, I, I assume it's not, they're not going to go anywhere. So shout out, uh, shout out Capital One. I think, again, the course itself is a cool idea. And, and, you know, it's always something. Even when I was like 18, I'm graduating high school. I was like, well, I don't know what a mortgage is. I don't know how taxes work. The only reason I have a credit card is because I guess you get points. And so, like, that's essentially what I learned coming out of, like, a, you know, upper middle class area where we have good high schools, good everything. And you kind of expect they do something like that. I've been told, you know, 12 years removed from high school now, things have changed and they actually do have some things like that. But it was always just mind blowing to me. Even at the time, I was like, well, do I need to learn calculus or do I need to learn how to pay taxes? I think I'm going to learn how to pay taxes because that's actually right. going to do something moving forward. So, And yeah. I think it's 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 really important, again, for a brand like Capital One, for a company that, as you said, aligns with you. It's not just, oh, hey, there's money here. Like, Let's kind of figure out how this works. It's you are doing your thing, they're doing theirs. And as you said, this is a marriage. This is a partnership where you're both able to elevate each other, which those, as we all know, end up being the best possible partnerships which i think is the most important but i am curious right mm -hmm. does this happen if you aren't in the nfl do you get to go to penn and say hey i want to do this and they're like well you graduated oh. cool man like what do you what are you doing now it's like oh well, i'm in the nfl oh shit we got an nfl play yeah let's try let's how, how many more opportunities come to you capital one you pen all these things investor real estate developer because you can say nfl player NFL. at the end of yeah. that at that sentence no, I, I, I don't take that for granted. I, I understand that I'm I am privileged in that regard to be able to to use the NFL tag to skip the line. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, ego that's wise. A, that's a great I'll way be, of putting it though. I just want to make yeah. point, to skip the line because there's a lot yeah. of other people that are reaching out. That, oh yeah. 100%. Oh, you know, Oh, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after the holidays. Oh, we'll do this. Yeah. But as you said, no, 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 I get to skip the line. And as you said, you're privileged, you get that opportunity, but you're clearly taking advantage of it. I just wanted to make note of that. No, yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's a great point and a great question because it's something that I talk with my students about candidly, right? Like, um, so yeah, so ego-wise, Michael, I want to be honest with you. Like, I truly, truly, truly believe that without the NFL, I would still be here in this seat. I just understand that realistically, it would have taken a lot longer. You know, like people wouldn't answer my emails as quickly and, you know, people wouldn't be as willing to go out of their way to help me become a professor at that, right? An adjunct, all of that stuff, right? So I think that I truly believe that, but I am also ego-wise, like, my dreams have to be accomplished. If not, I've wasted my life. So, you know, that that's just who I am as a person. So, again, I, I, I also want to make sure that others understand that, like, you, 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 I don't want others to feel like the only reason you can do certain things in this world if you have a certain status you know what i'm saying like understand like and that's one thing i try to teach i talk to other players about i'm like arthur blank is our owner did he play in the nfl i don't i don't know like correct me if i'm wrong but he pays all of our checks you know <laughs> like when you think about that right like and there's other people out there who look at us playing on sundays and are looking at us like these dudes are crazy whoo and sitting back and enjoying us as entertainment, but like they're not about to go out there and, you know, potentially put their body through two pec surgeries like I have just to play the sport that they love. So again, I, I just, I want people to feel empowered that they can reach their goals regardless of, of, of any quote unquote obstacle or platform that they have. What I have done a, solid job at is I am maximizing my platform. Like if this, if my platform is a towel, I am ringing that bad boy out and like looking to make sure every single drop of potential <laughs> I can get out of it is, is rung out of it. And so again, I think that that's, uh, that's what I have done a decent job of as well, but it, it definitely doesn't come without sacrifices. Most people know, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think some people understand it, but, it's yeah life is is busy uh, i'll say that and and Active. uh it's good it's good though you can't great you can't ask for blessings and then be whoa whoa whoa, whoa. not that many blessings you know nah you gotta keep keep that thing keep keep working so life is active we don't like to use the word busy it has such a negative connotation to it you're active yeah you're doing stuff you're getting stuff yeah. done if you're busy it's like, oh, i'm busy it's like, oh, no 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 i'm active i'm getting paid i'm doing what i need to <laughs> the, the last question i have Brandon, again, really, really appreciate you being here. Shout out Capital One, shout out the Falcons, shout out Melissa and the Taylor team. They're all incredible over there as well. What um, you were talking about before, you have that, there is that end destination, right? You're on this mm-hmm. journey and you got a lot of different paths that you can go down and it seems like a lot of them are kind of converging and crossing and, and doing what you need to do to get there. What is that end destination? What does that look like? Maybe not deathbed, mm-hmm. that's a little morbid, but like, where are you trying to get to? Where are you trying to go and, and say like, okay, yeah. You know, obviously I have more to do and there's always going to be that next one. But what does that look like to you? Yeah, Michael, and it's evolving day by day, to be honest. But it's uh, the end destination for me is complete financial freedom. 
right? Like I used to get shy or I used to shy away from the fact that people would ask me like, hey, you're doing real estate, you're doing venture investing, you're inv like, what do you want to do when you're done football? You want to come work for my company? You want to come do this? You want to do that? No, I don't want to work for your company. I want to do exactly what I'm doing now. Like I want to do my dream when I'm done football or, or just my dream and destination is to really truly be able to do what I want when I want, right? And it's not about, for me, it's not about taking a private jet wherever I want in the world, right? It's just going wherever I want in the world. It's about going to the grocery store and not having to worry about uh, what the price of milk is, right? Or, or eggs this month, right? Like, and, and it might be simple in, in that regard, but but ultimately there's some days I'm going to wake up and I'm going to want to be a real estate investor and focus on that. There's other days I'm going to wake up and focus on the foundation and community stuff we're doing. Right. Um, there's other days I'm going to focus. I'm going, well, every day I'm going to wake up and want to be a great father and husband and, and all that stuff. But I don't want to be, I think that growing up, like we, if we look at society overall, right. There's a lot of people, if they miss a day of work, they're stressed. Right. Like they don't know if they're going to be able to go back to that job. They don't know if they're going to make ends meet that month. And for me personally, I, I just never, ever, ever thought that I was put on earth to 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 do that or to work for somebody else. And, and it's, it's not, nothing. It's, let me let me make sure I really hone in on that. It's not about working for someone else. It's about feeling like my livelihood is tied to their thoughts of me. So backing up a little bit, my one of I've had multiple internships, but but one of my biggest internships was at Union Bank of Switzerland, UBS in New York City, uh, in 2010. Um, 2010 going into 2011. But long story short. That was coming off of the 2008 financial crisis, right? So I remember being at UBS and literally there'd be emails coming out that, hey, we're laying off 15,000 members across the, the, the globe, not the country, the globe. And watching people 40-some years old, 50-some years old, stressing, wondering what the heck they were going to do. And again, as a, a junior in college, I was a sophomore going into a junior in college, I'm just taking it all in. And I'm just like, this guy right now that I'm talking to, I'm shadowing him at his desk and he's 40 some years old. I can kind of tell you don't really like your boss, but when your boss comes around, you, you're kissing their ass a little bit because you're afraid that you're going to get fired. And I understand that we all got to play nice. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with working with for someone. I work for the Atlanta Falcons and for my clients, right? But ultimately, I want to always have the freedom to be myself. And for me, that was the most important thing in the world. Um, the final story I'll give on that, I remember talking with one of the, the people who took me under their wing uh, at that, that internship. And one of the biggest things I personally was coming through, going through right before this internship began, I was going through a depression and a soul search. And I remember going into the internship. It was my first suit that I ever bought. I bought an iPhone uh, simply so that I could just go on Safari and look up words uh, that I didn't know or understand. Right. Like I was going all in for it. But I remember telling myself, like, listen, I'm going to go up here to Connecticut, New York. Never been to some of these places. And if I'm going to lose, I'm going to be myself and lose. 
not going to lose trying to be somebody else, somebody I'm not, trying to be too polite and all that stuff. I'm going to ask the questions that I want to ask because we can all sit down there and try to try to, you know, ask what we think the other person wants to hear us ask and stuff like that. But I want to ask you things that I really want to know, because I think sometimes experience is also about crossing certain things off the list. If this isn't for me, I want to know. So I never have to waste my time doing this type of internship. Again. What not to do, right? Exactly. So I remember sitting down with him and we're talking and we're talking about how he's trading certain things and all that stuff. And long story short, we get into this conversation. He's got to be about, you know, I think he was about, 42 at the time or so got pictures of his three daughters up there. And I was like, you know, we were talking about what he does. And then long story short, we ended up somehow getting to the topic of happiness. And I remember asking him and I knew at the time I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't ask this question, but whatever. Are you happy? And I remember him taking this long pause, looking at the screen And then he looked at his daughters and he said, no, I'm not happy. He said, I make a great living. My daughters can do whatever they want. I go home and, you know, we don't have to worry about food or money or anything like that. But ultimately, I'm pushing around pieces of paper, claiming ownership on it. And I'm not really happy. And I remember in that moment in time, nah, this ain't I can't I can't personally Mm -hmm. do that. You know, so for me, that's why. There are so many different things that I'm doing. I've had so many mentors and so many people tell me, ah, you need to focus just on football or focus just on real estate or slow down. And I'm like that. I get anxiety trying to do that more so than just doing what I actually love. So, um, again, sorry to go in with all the different stories, but I just hope that it helps somebody else. Right. Like it's. I am a big advocate on creating the life that you want to live. So whether it's me being in the NFL or whether that's me having to be the best janitor in the world, or whether that's me figuring out how to be the best janitor and scale that business to create the capital that I need to do real estate, whatever it may be, that's what I am going to do, period. And I think once we all commit ourselves to that mindset, you don't have that in my mindset, but once you all once you commit yourself to, regardless of what anybody else says or any outside influence, I am doing this, period, that's when things in my mind get a lot easier because then you don't give yourself wiggle room to, to snake out of not doing what you want. Then you don't give yourself wiggle room to be that, 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 that guy at 40 years old talking about, well, man, I promise you I could have been the greatest player in the world, but ah, you know, I got your auntie pregnant, you know, no, no, there ain't no excuse, buddy. Like, (laughs) Get you, get on the field. Do do what you can do, right? So again, I, I I'm sorry to, to kind of go on a tangent no, there, but again, I, I just I love this man. I love this conversation. Cool. That's why I love this show, man. I get to talk to people like you. And I mean, I want to hear your stories. I've never been in your shoes. I'm never going to be in your shoes. So I want to hear all the stories you got for me, man. And we've been doing, we've been at this about 50 minutes now. And Brandon, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you again to Taylor, to Capital One, to everyone involved. Mark Beal specifically, he was the one who reached out. Uh, he said, hey, I got a cool story. You want to talk? And I was like, absolutely, I do. So I'm very love grateful it. that that happened. So before we do go, uh, give me the the social handles. Where, where can we learn more about you? Your website, the, the partnership you have capital one lay it all out there so people have it i'm then going to give uh put all those in the show notes so whether you're watching on youtube uh whether you're looking looking at the podcast we'll have all the links there for everybody so they can click on them but talk to me a little bit where can we go and find a little more information about you 
For sure. So I'm at bcope51 on all social media outlets, bcope51. Um, we have a bunch of different resources, life101.io. Uh, we have our Money Music Culture podcast that is out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, where we literally just have a conversation. We listen to music and we talk about the financial education lesson within it. So, you know, when Beyonce and in uh, her, her song, I can't say the name because it has a little cuss word in it, but uh, she talks about pay me in equity, right? Like, well, what does that actually mean, right? Well, you know, a lot of people, some people don't know that Beyonce uh, got the chance to perform at Uber for $6 million in cash, but she decided to say, hey, just pay me that in, in your stock. And once Uber went public, that, that $6 million was worth a lot more. So yes. um, some of our favorite artists are, are having, are really delivering some financial education gems and, and, you know, we're, we're too busy like this rather than like, Oh, hold on. Let me take that, write that note down. So uh, we have fun with that podcast. Again, that's money, music, culture on, on Spotify, Apple and, and YouTube. And then also with the things that we've done with capital one, they have a learning grow finance. You can go to learn and grow on their website. And that can, is a resource hub for people to just learn anything that they're looking for about money. Right. Again, we just want to help people feel more confident in the decisions that they're making. Like you said, Mike, you, you left high school at 18 and you're like, man, like this calculus, I, I, I mean, I can, can do the, the whole algebra thing. I can, I can do some long division if I need to, but like, I mean, taxes, I, you could put me in a jail if I get that wrong. You probably should, should know a little bit about this. Right. So uh, we just want to be a resource for people. And, and again, um, shout out to Capital One for for opening opportunities like this, because hopefully, you know, we'll get the chance to have more conversations down the road, Mike. I would love it, man. One more time, Brandon Copeland, Atlanta Falcons linebacker, but more so Ivy League professor, financial education consultant, philanthropist, real estate developer. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me some of yours, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Appreciate Bye, everybody. you, Mike.